This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, March 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Ag at the top of the U.S.-Japan agenda. No progress with EU. The IG probing agency relocation. And can EPA make the E15 deadline? Lighthizer wants to deal with ag first in Japan talks. Talks are set to begin soon between the U.S. and Japan on a free trade pact, but U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer suggests there could be some form of a deal on agriculture trade before there's a broader agreement. Lighthizer told the Senate Finance Committee yesterday he understood the U.S. ag sector is losing out on sales to Japan because the country has lowered tariffs on imports from Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the European Union. The U.S. would have had access to those lower tariffs if it had remained in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but President Trump pulled out of that pact in 2017. Lighthizer said, It'll take a while to get an entire free trade agreement, but in my own view, it's been that we have to take care of the agriculture part of it. So it's balanced at the early stage. He said because of the market situation in Japan, we have to move in that direction. While we're still at it, Lighthizer told senators that the talks with China are in the final weeks, but there are, quote, major, major issues still to be resolved. Lighthizer said he and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin talked to the Chinese Monday and would be in contact with them again today. U.S. and EU still at a stalemate over ag in trade talks. Nothing has changed since Lighthizer and EU Trade Commissioner Cecilia Malmstrom met last week. U.S. is still insisting that ag trade policy be a part of the trade negotiations with the EU, and the Europeans are still adamant that ag be left out. We'll see how that develops, but from my point of view, we're completely committed that any FTA has to deal with agriculture products, Lighthizer said. We have an enormous trade deficit of $15 billion a year in agriculture products with Europe. Now, for a look at prospects for the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal and the views of first-term House Democrats, be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. It's hitting inboxes today. USDA watchdog looking into agency relocations. USDA's Inspector General Phyllis Fong told the House Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee yesterday that her office is investigating whether Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue's plan to move the Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture is following department procedures. Fong also told lawmakers that her office recently learned of allegations that the plan to move ERS out of the nation's capital is aimed at curbing its work on nutrition assistance and climate change issues. She did not elaborate. Her comment came in response to Representative Shelley Pingree, a Maine Democrat, who said she had heard that speculation. Fong said her staff is wrapping up interviews and preparing to write its report. Democrats on the subcommittee opposed the relocation plan. But when questioned by reporters after the hearing, Chairman Sanford Bishop, the Georgia Democrat, stopped short of saying that he would block the administration's request for $25 million to carry out the agency moves. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue has said he wants to move ERS and NIFA out of the D.C. area in order to be, quote, closer to our stakeholders, and move our resources closer to consumers. Now, back at the USDA, 
The department has whittled the list of 136 applicants hosting the agencies down to 67. Notably missing from the latest list is Fargo, North Dakota. That's the home state of Senate Ag Appropriations Chair John Hoven. Rush to summer, Wren reform tied to E15. EPA has finally released its proposed E15 waiver, but it's tied to a plan to reform the Wren market to help refiners who complain about the market volatility and the cost of buying the credits. There is some concern, however, that tying the E15 waiver together with the Wren market reforms could prevent the waiver from being issued in time for the summer driving season. House Agriculture Chair Colin Peterson of Minnesota said the efforts to bring transparency to the REN system is needed, but I'm afraid that connecting these two issues in one rule is going to bog down moving forward on both. The REN reform proposals include requiring public disclosure of REN holdings above specific thresholds and limiting how long a company can hold on to RENs if it's not an obligated party under the Renewable Fuel Standard. Report. USDA not ready for FMD outbreak. A new report from the Government Accountability Office buttresses the livestock and poultry industry's argument for the animal vaccine bank that was authorized by the new farm bill. Citing USDA, the report says there is only enough vaccine available to control a small outbreak of foot and mouth disease. The current vaccine supply would be sufficient to protect about 14% of Texas cattle or about 4% of Iowa's swine. Those states have the largest populations of cattle and hogs, respectfully. The report also says that USDA has yet to correct a series of flaws that it identified in its procedures for responding to an FMD outbreak. USDA would face challenges in a number of areas, including even detecting an outbreak of FMD after it occurs. Tracking animals during an outbreak would also be a problem because of inconsistent record-keeping and animal identification. USDA officials say they are in the process of making needed corrections. Land fund permanently authorized. President Trump has signed into law a huge lands bill that would permanently reauthorize the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which uses oil and gas royalties to pay for acquiring land for preservation and for recreation. Cattle and sheep producers objected to the permanent authorization, arguing that it amounted to a, quote, blank check for federal land acquisitions. The new law is named for the late Representative John Dingell, a Michigan Democrat who championed land conservation. Well, here's today's He Said It. If we have a deal, the chicken farmers will be happy. That I can guarantee. That U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer hinting that the Chinese are prepared to lift their ban on U.S. chicken as a part of an overall deal to end the two countries' trade war. U.S. government sources tell AgriPulse that the Chinese are also pressing the U.S. to allow China to export its chicken to the U.S. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, March 13th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.